Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Grab your journal. You are watching a master at work. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. I pray that you guys are having a wonderful Monday and a happy Memorial Day to everyone who has served or is currently serving or who has a spouse or family members and things like that who's serving. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you so much to my man and his service. And thank you guys for tuning in. So today's episode is a little different because I'm I'm with my family right now. So if you hear echo, it's because I'm in a room. All of my family's downstairs watching a movie. But you guys know Monday is our day, okay? Like we had to, we have to have this moment. We have to hear from the Lord. We have to tap in. We have to get this word. So family, vacation or not, like I'm here, we here, and it's time for y'all to grab your journals. This is totally random. God just dropped it in my spirit. I did not plan on saying this, but this is a word and a lesson in itself because sometimes when we're on vacation, when we're with family, when we're with friends, we feel like that's an excuse not to talk to God and not to tap into his presence and not to read his word and really spend that quiet time. But that's because what we forget sometimes is that God wants to use us to minister to our family as well. Like your family, that's your first assignment. Those are people that you are stuck with for life and you did not get to choose them. So God is very intentional when it comes to family and when it comes to using his children to reach family and to pray over family and to cover family. You know, we get so if you're in ministry or if you have um, a leadership position in the church and things like that, we get so caught up in helping others and praying for others and pouring into others that I know sometimes it could be hard to remember that your family is your first people. Like those are the people that God directly assigned to you. You share the same blood. So they need to experience God through you as well. They need to come in your presence and have an encounter with God as well. So don't get around your family or get on vacation and things like that and think, okay, now I can take off my God hat. Okay, now I'm just going to read my Bible when I get back home. Because even in those settings, God is still using you. Even in those settings, God is still ministering to you so that you can tell your family what he's saying or help your family get through in a situation. Like you never know what God is trying to pull out of you, even in the midst of family or family vacation. You never know what family member is watching you still be serious about your prayer life, still open your Bible and still come in a closed, quiet place and get on your knees and pray and talk to God and still be obedient in every setting. You never know how your actions, not just your words, but your actions are ministering to someone else and showing them how to have a faithful and a consistent relationship with God. So I don't know who this is for, but even in family environments, even on family vacations in those settings, you still need to read that devotional. You still need to tap into God's presence. You still need to be an example of him, a walking talking reflection of Christ because even your family needs to experience that. Even your family needs to encounter someone who has a heart for Christ so that they can see what that looks like. It's like the quote says, sometimes the only in, the only encounter people have with God is with you. And our family, we should want them to have an encounter with him more than anything. Those are people that we love most. So be consistent in the presence of family members as well. Tap into your word. I bring my Bible. I have my journal with me. I have my Bible with me. I have my pens with me, my laptop. Everything is here with me as if I was home because even in this setting, God still needs to be present. 
if you follow me on Instagram at the Christian Bay underscore, you've seen that this weekend I've been sharing clips of my family. We've been having nightly karaoke, cooking, playing games, and just having a good time with each other. And it's so beautiful to see that like my family, my family is very lit. So it's so beautiful to see that like when we first started the karaoke, like we did gospel music and we were just singing praise and worship. And I didn't post that part on um, Instagram because I was too into it. But we started off with worship and just singing different gospel songs that my mom and my aunt and uncles grew up on. And not only that, like my family, they'll be like taking shots and stuff. And then like somebody will curse and they'll be like, sorry, Christian Bay. And it's just like, it's not because I convicted them or it's not because I talked down on them or said, you know, you shouldn't be talking like that or anything like that. It's just because of my presence. They want to do better. They want to not talk like that. And it's not even saying they're doing bad or that somebody that curses bad because I used to curse at a certain point. It's not to act higher than, but just saying that your presence has power. Your presence is a reflection of God's presence. And without even knowing it, they curse less. You know what I'm saying? It's certain stuff that they just don't say. And it's not because of me. It's not because I'm better than them, but it's because of the God that's within me. It's because when I walk in, I am a vessel and a reflection of him. And they get to encounter him when they're in my presence and it changes their being. It changes the way that they talk. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to be a reflection of him in every room that we enter. And he wants us to leave that room better than it was before we walked into it. He wants us to leave every family member that we encounter better than they were before we were in their presence. He wants us to be a reflection of him. When God enters a room, things has to shift. When God enters a room, things get better. Light get brought into that room. Positivity gets brought into that room. Life is, life is spoken into that room. And that's what he wants us to be a reflection of even while we're on vacation, even while we're with family and friends in a comfortable environment. So I don't know who this is for, but whoever it's for, I want you to know that your family is depending on your consistency and your relationship with God. They need your light. They need your life speaking words. They need your compassion. They need your leaning on God because it's a direct transfer from you to them. You are their encounter with God. So don't stack up in their presence because they need your strength. They need the word that's within you. They need your environment. They need your presence to shift things in their life, in their mind, in their heart to make it better than it was before. All right, y'all. That was completely random. I don't know who it was for, but I pray that it reaches you. Now let's grab our journals and get into the word. So today, I don't even think it's going to be a surprise anymore, guys. Y'all should know what book we're coming from. I don't know what it is with God and me in this book, but he keeps sending me here, y'all. Like, we're coming from the book of Luke. <laughs> we're coming from the book of Luke, chapter 12. But before I get into the verse, I want to do a giveaway because I had someone sponsor two Christian Bay shirts. So whoever listens to this podcast, the first two people to DM me a gorilla emoji and uh, let's see what else I want you to I want you to DM me the word flow kid with a gorilla emoji. So flow is F-L-O-K-I-D-D with the gorilla emoji. And my Instagram is at the Christian Bay underscore. 
So DM me and say Flow Kid Gorilla Emoji. F-L-O-K-I-D-D Gorilla Emoji. The first two people that do that, I'm going to send you a free Christian Bay classic t-shirt because Flow Kid, he's a rapper here in Miami. He sponsored two shirts. So I'm giving them away to you guys and DM me and I'll post the winners on my IG story tomorrow. Now, grab your journals for real this time. We about to dive in. So like I was saying, God is just keeping me in this book of Luke chapter 12. And today we're going to be talking about Luke chapter 12, verse 24. And it says, and this is the NLT version, look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for God feeds them. Are you far more valuable to him than any birds? So in this verse, it's just talking about having faith and telling you why you should not worry about everyday life because God is going to provide. And the example that this specific verse, verse 24, this is the verse that God gave me, verse 24, because I was like, God, you're sending me to Luke 12 again. Like how many times can I read this whole chapter? Like what in here do you, I just talked about this for the past two weeks. Like, what do you want me to say? So he was like, verse 24. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for God feeds them. So when I read that, I was like, okay, well, what what does that have to do with the title that you gave me? Because for today's podcast, as you can see, the title is The Bending. So when God gave me that title... Earlier today, I was watching a video on my laptop and I had on like the headsets and the headsets that go over your head and it has like the mouthpiece. Now, I've had the headset forever and I was listening to it on there because I'm with family, so I needed to be able to hear. And the headset, like it was sitting on the bed and when I got up to get food and I came back, I sat on the headset And when I sat on the headset, the mouthpiece bent, but it bent at a 90 degree angle instead of, if you know what headsets I'm talking about, they have the little mouthpiece that goes straight out and you can just pull it up or down closer to your mouth, but it bent at a 90 degree angle. And I was shocked because I thought it was broke, but then when I bent it up, I realized that the mouthpiece part was rubber so that if you wanted to bend the mic in front of your mouth, you could bend it in instead of just having it straight out. But I never knew that it bent like that. So when I saw that it could bend back straight, what God said to me is, this is an example of your life. There are some times where you won't know what you're capable of until I put you in chaotic situations where there's things pressuring you and sitting on you and causing you to be uncomfortable. And then you see, whoa, I can bend this way. Whoa, I'm flexible like this. Dang, I didn't even know I could do that. I didn't even know I had that capability. If it wasn't for this chaotic situation, if it wasn't for me sitting on a headset, I would have never even known that this doesn't have to just stand straight out. It can bend and make it better for me to speak into if I need to talk into it. This is even better for me. But if I would have never sat on it, put it in an uncomfortable situation, I could have possibly broke it. If I was the headset, I probably would think this girl going to sit on me and break me. I could have broke it. Sometimes we experience situations that feel like this thing is going to break me. This thing could possibly break me to pieces. But really, it's God showing us you ain't even know you could bend like this. 
So when I read the verse that he gave me in Luke chapter 12, verse 24, and it talks about the ravens and how they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, I was like, okay, God, but you told me the 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 title, not the caption, the title of today's episode was the bending because of the headphone that you showed me earlier. So what does the ravens in the bending have to do with each other? And what God told me is that in this season, this is our bending season. I am bending the way my people have been thinking. I am showing them to think a new way. It's the bending of their mentality. And I need them to have a raven-like anointing. I need them to have a raven-like mentality in their life. That's what I'm teaching them right now. So a lot of my people are being bending and they're going through things that they feel like is going to break them in half or break them and end them. But what I'm doing is I'm bending them because I need them to think in a new way. I need them to think like ravens. So when he led me to that and placed that on my heart, I thought, okay, well, it's something this, the Bible chose to say ravens for a reason. I tell you guys all the time to dissect the word of God. The ravens is the only animal that was mentioned in this verse. So you telling me to read about ravens, what is it about ravens? So I Googled and I was like, okay, some facts about ravens. And the first fact that popped up, it says ravens are one of the smartest animals. And then it has a paragraph and the paragraphs talks about how when it comes to intelligence, ravens are top of the line. They're just like chimpanzees and dolphins. And it states that in one logic test, the raven had to get a hanging piece of food by pulling up a bit of the string, anchoring it with its claw and repeating until the food was in reach. Many ravens got the food on the first try, some within 30 seconds. In the wild, ravens have pushed rocks on people to keep them from climbing to their nests, stolen fish by pulling a fisherman's line out of ice holes, and played dead beside a beaver to scare other ravens away from a delicious feast. If a, raven's know, if a raven knows another raven is watching its food, it will pretend to put the food in one place while really hiding it in another. Since the other ravens are smart too, this only works sometimes. That's the first interesting fact about a raven is that they are one of the smartest animals. But if you peep like I peep, all of the examples with raven talks about food. So this is what I love about God is that he shows us how even if we just base our not a lot of people like to base their their decisions and or their lives around the logic of this world and what research says and things like that statistics and things like that that always lines up with God's word. If you go back to the verse verse 24 it literally says look at the ravens they don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for God feeds them. So that's all that the word says about ravens is it talks about their food. And then when you Google and, and ask Google, what are some interesting facts about ravens? What does Google talk about? Ravens in their foods. So what does that tell us? These niggas is greedy. That's first and foremost. They bout their food, okay? Food over everything, period. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Okay, <laughs> that that was the first thing. But after reading the fact ravens are one of the smartest animals, what God dropped into my spirit is even on your best day, you couldn't guess what I have planned for you. You couldn't imagine the glory that I have in store for you. Even with you using that headset for months, you still didn't know it could bend. You still didn't know what it was capable of. You still didn't know the advantages that I had provided for you with something that was in your hand every 
every day. So why do we go through life thinking that we can figure out God's plan? He used something so simple as a headset and he's using the smartest animal to say that this animal is smart and you think you're smart, but even on your best day, you couldn't guess what I have planned for you on your best day. You couldn't imagine the glory that I have in store for you. So when I went back to the verse and I read it again and it says, look at the ravens, they don't plant or harvest or store food in the barns. And I compared it to what I found on Google. I said, that's a fact, because even though Google told us all of the strategies and the techniques that ravens have, it never says that they go out and look for it on their own. It tells us how they get it, how they get it in their hand. It tells us how they protect it and be a good steward of it. But it never says that they go search for it on their own because God provides it. So the first thing that I realized is that they are good stewards of what God provides and they are faithful. They have faith that God is going to show them what they're going to eat for this day. And after God shows them what they're going to eat for this day, they know how to be good stewards of it. They know how to protect it. They know how to hide it. They know how to go and get what God provides. So I wanted to ask you guys, are you like ravens? Are you a good steward of what God provides? Do you have a plan to protect the promise that God has provided for you that you've been praying and asking for? What do you have set in place? Because these ravens have a lot of tactics of how they're going to keep and be a good steward of the food that God provides for them because it aligns with the word. All of it goes together. Faith without works is dead. So they have to have faith that God is going to provide the food, but who's going to protect it when it's provided? Who's going to be a good steward? of it. So when God showed me this, it registered to me that when God says he wants us to have a raven anointing, he's saying that he wants us to put in the work that aligns with his word like the ravens do. They don't just have faith that he's going to provide the food. They have many different techniques to be a good steward of the food. The problem with us and where we fall short and what stops us from having a raven anointing is that we believe that when we pray for something, God's not only going to provide it, he's going to be a good steward of it. He's going to maintain it. He's going to take care of it. He's going to do all the work for the thing that he spoke a word for when that's not the truth. The word says faith without works is dead. So even if you have faith for you to receive something, if you don't have the work put behind it, it's dead. And that's what the Ravens understand. So when this paragraph talks about the Ravens being one of the smartest animals, they're not smart because they try to do God's job and go get the food. They're smart because they're good stewards of it. So are you a good steward of the promise? Are you practicing being a good steward of the thing that you're praying for? Are you just praying And then once you receive it, you want God to do everything else. You haven't even set the stage. You haven't even prepared for what you're asking for. You don't even have a business plan in store. You're not even ready with your financial aid. You don't even know how much the car costs. You don't even know where the shoes are. You don't even know how to launch the business, but you're praying for abundance and you're asking for so much, but you're not being a good steward of what you haven't even received yet. Where we fall short is that sometimes we forget that, yes, God's word says he will provide, but it does not say it's always going to drop in your lap. Sometimes God will provide, but you're going to have to do the work to go get what he provided. When you read the paragraph, it says in one of the logic tests, the ravens had a piece of food hanging, but they had to do some pulling and they had to do some repeating until the food got in their reach. We fell at the pulling and the repeating part. Sometimes we're willing to pull, but after one 
try, you want to quit. You launched one one you launched one product on your website and it didn't go well and now you think the business not for you. You tried one time and now because you didn't get the results you wanted, you think that God didn't come through and answer your prayer. Maybe you just have to keep repeating it. Maybe God is trying to teach you consistency. Maybe God is trying to teach you endurance. So I don't know what you're praying for in this season of your life. And I don't know what promise God has released to you or he's about to release to you. But I do know that he's saying in this season, this is our bending season and he's bending our way of thinking. And he wants us to have a raven like anointing. He wants us to be smart. Yes, he wants us to have knowledge. He wants us to have understanding and guidance and clarity. But he wants us to rely on faith first. And once we rely on faith, then we will continue with being a good steward of what our faith has brought us. So what I want you guys to write down today is some lessons on how to have a raven anointing. I wrote down five things for you guys to take note of, and they're not in any specific order. You can apply whichever one to whatever season you're in, whether you're praying for the promise or whether you already have the promise, you can apply one of these five lessons from ravens. So the first lesson from a raven is that Ravens push. They push past their feelings and they position themselves on faith because we established in the beginning that they greedy. They always feeling hungry. But what it never said is that they stress about or they worry or try to figure out how they're going to get their food each day. It says that God provides for them. And then once God provides their food, they are a good steward of their food. So they push past their feelings and they position themselves on faith every day. So whether you're praying for your promise or whether you already have your promise, push past what you feel like you should be doing or push past what you feel like you need in this season and position yourself on faith. The second lesson from a raven is to pull. It tells us that the ravens had to pull a bit of string to receive the piece of food that was hanging. Sometimes the promise requires some pulling repeatedly, not just one time, but you're going to have to keep pushing the process. You're going to have to keep pushing the product. You're going to have to keep pushing that word. You're going to have to keep pushing your quiet time. You're going to have to keep pushing in prayer, even if it feels like you don't hear God responding to you. You're going to have to keep pushing until you see something be birthed from that consistency. The ravens pulled until they had the food in their reach. I need you to pull until prosperity is in your reach. I need you to pull until abundance is in your reach. I need you to pull until the word that God released in your spirit is in your reach. I need you to keep pulling until you receive it. The third lesson for from the raven that I want you guys to write down is it says that the ravens played dead beside a beaver because all of these lessons came out of this paragraph. So we got pulled because they pulled a bit of string before receiving the food in their reach. And then they pushed rocks on people to keep them from climbing to their nest. So the third thing it told us about ravens is that they played dead beside a beaver to scare other ravens away from a delicious feast. When it comes to your promise, when it comes to your prayer, I need Need you to play dead to your flesh until you really are. I need you to play dead to your way of thinking because remember the episode is the bending. We're bending our normal way of thinking so that we can think more like ravens. So at first it's not going to be natural. At first it's not going to be genuine because your mind is already programmed to think one way, but now we're bending it to think another way. So I'm going to need you to pretend like or play like that way of thinking is not your current way of 
thinking. Even though you would have did that yesterday, I need you to play dead to that and try it this new way that God is calling us to. I need you to play dead to your flesh and what your flesh would have had you doing yesterday because today is the new you. Today you're thinking like a raven. So I need you to play dead into your flesh until you really are. If you if you kill your flesh enough, eventually it's going to die. The word says, resist the devil and he will flee. Resist your flesh and it will flee. Play dead to that thought and eventually that thought will start rising up. So I need you to play dead to your old way of thinking. Play dead to your old plans. Play dead to your old expectations. Play dead to your old way of looking at things until it's really dead permanently in your mind and all you're able to operate in is the living spirit of God. The fourth lesson from the raven, and we have one more after this. The fourth lesson, after they push, after they pull, after they played, they pretend to put the food in one place while really hiding it in another way, another place. But when it comes to your prayer, when it comes to your promise, I need you to pretend to be helpless because sometimes that's how the enemy will trick us into bringing our flesh back to life, into stopping to pull the new promise. He will cause us to to try to help ourselves. You know what? I'm just going to do this because this will make it better. This will make the business come to pass if I just put this price instead of the price that God placed on my heart. And if I just lower my value, then I'll get more bookings and that'll be God's promise come to pass. He, He makes us think that we're helping ourselves when really we're hindering ourselves because the promise of God can only come to pass if we rely on the word of God. So I need you to be pretend to be helpless in certain situations and certain environments because when you're weak, God is strong. The enemy tries to make us think that we always have to be strong. We always have to have the answers. We always have to figure it out. And what we fail to realize in those moments is that if you're figuring it out, you're pushing God out. Not only are you pushing God out, you're saying to God, God, I don't trust that you have a plan set in stone. So I'm going to just figure this out on my own. That's what you do when you try to help yourself. That's what you do when you try to take the word of God and the promise of God and bring it to pass according to your strength, your plan, and what you think is the best decision to make. You start off with the word of God and what God told you to do. And then once you start on a journey, you start making decisions based on a plan or a route that God set out. That's not how it works. If I told you to go to the left, once you get mid left, you can't start making decisions because now you're out of line. You're out of my will. If you're going to stay in my will, you have to consistently come to me and allow me to direct you every step of the way because one wrong turn and you're out of it. So I need you to pretend to be helpless. Your mind is going to automatically try to be strong. Your mind is going to automatically try to help itself. Your mind is going to automatically try to think of a solution, but I need you to put that way of thinking to death. I need you to play dead to that way of thinking. I need you to play dead of knowing it all. I know you think you got it all figured out, but I need you to pretend to be helpless because when you're in the will of God, your thinking isn't enough. Your thinking will get Get you to your promise, not God's. And the final and the fifth lesson from the Ravens, they pushed, they pulled, they played, and they pretend. The final one is precaution. The final paragraph in this article says, 
If a raven knows another raven is watching it hide its food, it will pretend to put the food in one place while really hiding it in another. Since the other ravens are smart too, this only works sometimes. When I read this, I instantly thought about the enemy and I instantly thought about our walk when it comes to us trying to live according to God's word and trying to live according to God's will. It's like we try our hardest, but no matter what happens, it's like we slip up or we mess up. And that happens because just like the Ravens, when you come up with a plan and you come up with a strategy to be better and to be a good steward of the promise that God has released over your life or the prayers that he's beginning to answer, the enemy steps in and he knows the strategies that you have in place because he's been watching you. The word says the enemy prowls around trying to see who he's going to go after. So he's been watching you. And if you've come up with strategies and tactics to try to keep you in the word of God and in the will of God, he has something that's going to try to take down your tactic or your strategy. So what that means is I need you to have a precaution when it comes to your prayers and have a precaution when it comes to the promises of God and understand that the enemy wants to destroy this thing. The enemy wants to take it out. So I'm not just going to have one way of protecting it. I'm going to have multiple ways of protecting it. Oh, you thought because you ruined my first market plan that I wasn't going to come back and try again. This word that God released to me, it must come to pass. It must flourish. It cannot return to to him back void. So that means that if this, if plan A fell, plan B got to prosper. And if plan B don't prosper, plan C got to prosper because God has already released the word and it cannot, he cannot lie. It cannot come back to him void. So that means that I must come up with the strategy that's going to bring this thing to life. I must come up with the strategy that's going to release the favor that he has already promised me. I must come up with the strategy that's going to open the prosperity that he had for me since I've been in my mother's womb. So so if plan A didn't work, it must be B. And if it's not B, it must be C. And if it's not C, it must be D. But what I do know is that it's not going to be me stopping because that's what the enemy wants you to do. So when it comes to your prayer and when it comes to the promises of God and what he has released to you, I need you to have a precaution and I need you to understand that the enemy is going to not only try to attack your prayers and the promise, but he's going to try to attack your plans to bring those things to pass. But you have to be ready. You have to be on guard and you have to have a boss-like, a beast-like mentality and understand that if door A don't work, I'm going through door B and there's nothing you can do to stop me. In this paragraph alone, it told us three strategies that the Ravens have. They pushed rocks, they stole fish lines, and they played dead to protect what God provided to them. The food that he provides, they have multiple ways of being a good steward from it. Because guess what? You're not finna rob me of my promise. And we must be like the ravens, have a raven anointing, and get to the place where how many ever strategies I got to come up with, I'm going to come up with them. Because you're not going to rob me of the prayer that I cried, fasted, and prayed for. You're not going to rob me of my promise. So whatever I got to do to protect it, I'm going do it. That's the mentality that I want you guys to have. So when you listen to this podcast, I don't want you to just leave this podcast and go pray for what you've been praying for. I want you to start preparing for it. I want you to set up some precautions for it. When God released this, I'm going to protect it by doing A, B, and C. Because if the enemy come out the A, I got B and C as backup. He ain't even going to be ready for it. I need you to start thinking for it. I need you to, this is the bending. Remember your bending season. I need you to have a raven-like mentality. The ravens weren't sitting there worrying about 
about if God was going to provide their food. They were thinking of strategies and ways to protect what God was going to provide. I need you to grow spiritually. We're beyond the season of worrying about and having faith where the God is going to provide. You are the daughter and the son of the king. You are favored. You are royalty. You get this automatically. It comes to you naturally. You know this. Don't worry about that. He's going to provide. But how are you going to protect and be a good steward of that thing that he provides? So when you listen to this podcast, that's what I want you to do when it's over. I want you to sit down and I want you to think about what you're praying for. And then after you think about what you prayed for, I want you to write down three ways that you're going to protect each thing that you prayed for. Because we have grown past the point of just hoping and wishing that it's going to come. That's your father. Your prayers, your pra- God hears your prayers. He is a provider. He cares about the desires of your heart. So I need you to have adult-like faith. Our faith is going to the next level in this season. This is the bending, remember? Don't forget, we're bending. So with that bending, we're bending our way of thinking and our way of preparing. And I'm not just thinking about you releasing it. I'm preparing for how to keep it. Because this is the bending. This is the next season. A raven-like anointing. A raven-like mindset. And we're going to get our promises and our prayers by any means. Okay? And that's on what? On period. (laughs) All right, y'all. Let's pray. Father God, first and foremost, we want to thank you for blessing us with another day on this earth. We want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to have an encounter with you, God. We want to thank you for the word that you released today, Father God. I pray that this word, that it touches each and every person listening to this podcast and it plants a beast-like seed in front of them and in their heart, Father God. I pray that that they focus their mind on your will and your will only, not the distractions that the enemy tries to send, not the circumstances that he tries to use to get them discouraged, Father God but just your word. Nothing can stand against us, Father God. So I pray that you give us a new level of a bold, bold anointing, Father God. Give us a tenacious mentality, Father God, that cannot be stopped. If it's not stopped by you, then we cannot be stopped at all, Father God. Teach us to rely only on your word and what you say, because we know that it cannot return to you void, Father God. I thank you for giving me this word and allowing me to be your vessel. I pray that I said everything that you wanted to be said and that it is relayed in the word that each and every person can understand, Father God. I pray that you protect our prayers, Father God, and give us the strength to be good stewards of what you are releasing to us and what we know is making its way to us right now, not just in the spiritual realm, but here on earth, Father God. We thank you for the way that you love us. We thank you for the way that you provide for us. And we thank you for the doors that we don't even see opening, but we know in faith, in our spirit, that they are opening. We thank you for another fresh word and protecting us throughout this week, covering us from COVID-19, our family and friends. In Jesus' name we pray. We'll forever love you. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the Christian Bay Podcast. I love you guys so much. Don't forget to DM me if you would like the Christian Bay t-shirts. I'm giving away two. I will talk to you guys next Monday. Next week, I'm launching some new things on the website, thechristianbay.com. So be looking forward to that. Let me know how you guys love this new episode. I appreciate you guys so much for the feedback and for listening. And I will talk to you guys next week because I'm out of voice. (laughs) My voice is getting sore. So I love you guys. Bye.